Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days Just representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host Matt Chittam is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better. While balancing running with the rest of their lives, you may have heard that giggle. That was Jess Mena in the house of our monthly collab talking all things physical therapy, PT, a little LA running scene. Actually, we're going to expand it out a little bit, a little California running scene uh, today. Jess, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. It's always awesome coming back and talking to you. So, I'm ready to chat it up today, for sure. So you got to see firsthand what just happened. So Jess and I were talking beforehand. I was talking like this really, really quietly. Yes. Really quietly. I, know. I got, you guys I got send, the COVID. Send Matt all the love. I got the love. COVID just like, I don't, are you sure you're okay to do this? I'm like, I'm going to ramp yeah. it up. Good wait. Saving my energy. You, you Saving it. You saved it. You Saving changed, it. I'm going to lose my quick. voice for four days after this podcast, but I'm ready. <laughs> Let's record. Um, no, I'm on, day, I'm on COVID day five. Um, took a, getting better. Turned a corner today. Thank goodness. Turned a corner. That's rough. Um, so everyone send Matt some, uh, you know, get well gifts or running. <laughs> send me running shoes. Just, just <laughs> that, you know everyone what? Everyone send Matt running shoes, please. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> That's for sure. So we're going to talk core today. Yes, it's all core, all the time. All core. Similar to what we did last time. We talked about. PF, right? The dreaded yes. plantar fasciitis. We touched it from every different angle. So core is a little different, right? It's not like a debilitating thing. It's part of your body. No one knows what it is. It can be anything and no all things. No one knows what it is. And it's super important. And we as therapists, personal trainers, I mean, coaches, everyone talks about it. Everyone pushes our athletes to do it. And most of us are like, eh, this is too hard. I don't want to do it. But we got to talk about it because we need to do it. We need to work on it. Right. And it's even named appropriately, like cores. Like that's the, the central tenet core, of what's happening. The central thing. And so. yet, and yet, people don't approach it with that central, that central type vibe. No. We're gonna get there in a second. We're not gonna hit it first. First, we're gonna first we're gonna talk about as people who've listened to these podcasts know we always talk a little bit, a little bit, something else first before we dive into our topic of the day. Today, that little thing we're gonna dive into. California International Marathon held every year, the first Sunday of December. Jess, why are we talking about it right now? What do you got on your plate? Because as you guys all know, if you guys follow CIM on Instagram, Facebook, or you know, get their emails, uh, it's a CIM launch party this upcoming Sunday across various cities across the United States. Um, and I will be hosting the one in Santa Monica on Sunday. So uh, I, everyone's soaked. A lot of people are going. Starting August, we have 16 weeks until CIM. So everyone's excited to start training for this. Um, and I'm excited to launch this uh, run out here in Santa Monica. So what is a, what is a marathon launch party? This is something that's, that's new to me. I want to hear more too. about this. Okay. <laughs> new to me too. Uh, I'm a CIM ambassador. So we were in, in a call and they were talking about this launch party and I'm like, what the heck is a launch party? Um, but I think for them, it's pretty much a kickoff run where you just try to get everyone who's participating in the marathon and celebrate us all training together. So for me, it, it, what it's, what it is essentially coming down to is hosting a run, um, and kind of getting the route together for the community, giving away some goodies from CIM, um, some hats and gear and, and that stuff and hanging out. I'm going to bring fruit, some coffee, 
some drinks. We're just gonna hang. Some fruit. This is, this is like this is like this is like elementary school soccer. We got some orange wedges. Listen, yes, <laughs> everyone wants the watermelon cuts after you get after we're done running. It's like the first thing. It's a thing out here. Um, so we've done a few tour races, and we, there's always two full watermelons out there, and everyone goes ham on those watermelons. So I'm bringing watermelon. I love that. That's a great idea. All right. And then also, hey, if you want to join one of these things, and CIM is not sponsoring this, but just saying it's going to be a fun thing, is that also if you're preparing for that marathon and maybe you don't know a lot of people in the area, in your area, not just Santa Monica, but the variety of places that are doing this, hey, maybe you'll get to meet somebody who maybe you can hop on the long run with as you're preparing for the race. You know, maybe not a bad thing. And that's kind of, I think, and I'm sure I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. I've had a lot of people that reached out to me because they saw through the CIM um, Instagram page. They tagged me, um, and they're like, "I had no idea this was this was going on." They're coming out so from different parts of Los Angeles. So I'm pretty sure that's essentially what's going to happen. And if it all goes well and we have a good turnout and people want, I think I might be hosting weekly uh, long runs out in Santa Monica. So it'll be a good way to help people train. You're already doing that anyway. Right, you already got I'm that already going doing on. It. I'm just gonna, you know, now we have a reason to run. CIM, you know, it's a. We've talked about this before. It's not an easy course. Um, so training with other people, hard, it's good you to know, know, getting ready to, yeah, it's good. It's good to help us. Yeah, with training. Yeah, yeah. The CIM course is tricky if you haven't done it before because there's a there's a understandable vibe, and then there's the the race profile on the website, which is, I love CIM, but I think they, I think it's rounded. Round it off a little bit yeah, in places. It's deceiving. It's dece- deceiving to say the least. And um, hey, you get to get to, you know, potentially some vibes of some community vibes uh, as you're heading into it. Also, and I can't give everything away on my end, but I will be back at CIM this year. I am so excited yeah. for this. People who've been kind of consuming some of the race day vibes at marathons at world championships see what Sidious mag is doing at world championships right now it's oh my god they're just breaking Dude, the mold killing it. they are just crushing it kudos to, to that whole it. team you know chris obviously leaves that team but the, the, everything they're doing is amazing amazing work uh same thing with what free trail and and um you know dylan and corinne malcolm are doing um for some of the the trail races you know we're going to try to bring Again, we're not going to give up the whole the whole vibe right now, but we're going to try but to do that a similar a it. similar type yeah. thing to CIM this year because not only is it um, you know a huge race here in the U.S., but also it's the USATF World Championships, the USATF Championships World Championships this year, um, which is also a, a big deal, of course. And every year, it's kind of like the kickoff. Not every year, but kind of has become sort of like the kickoff race for the the rush to OTQ. And that has kind of been this vibe as well. And I think that for CIM 2022, we're going to start getting a lot more of that kind of feeling uh, that we didn't quite get in 21, but 22, I think we're really going to get that feeling. The potential for the hype to be much, much, much grand at CIM is there. So I'm glad you're you're going to do what you're going to do out there because uh, you got you're going to bring it. You're going to bring it. It's going to be a lot of fun. fun. It's be a lot of fun. Actually, because I remember we were talking to the, the executive director at CIM this past year, and they actually announced the OTQ window the day before the race, and it was like basically like Dang. it was like. I think it was basically January 1st, 2022. And he was worried at first. He's like, all right, people are going to drop out and go over to Houston. Like, no, they're already in town. It wasn't going to happen. But it was like, you know, it was one of the things where like, there was a very good chance they were going to announce the CIM was part of the window on that day and go from there. And that would be kind of a, a, 
a weird thing to happen, right? Say something like, yeah. you know, like runs that race as a race of life, qualifies, but like doesn't fall within the window. Anyway, uh, it was a little bit of drama. Yeah. Nevertheless, 2022, let's do it. Let's do it. Speaking of let's do it, let's talk about some core. Jess Mena. Dude, let's talk about Dr. it. Dr. Jess Mena. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. What the hell is core? I hear about core all the time. If you listen to late night infomercials, you're going to hear about core. You pick up a shake weight, you're going to hear about core. You can <laughs> Everyone talks about you, it. Any kind of fitness magazine, you're going to hear about core. What is core? What isn't core? Okay. Core, if you look at it in a textbook, right, or you Google it, they're always going to talk about it's pretty much your trunk muscles. So your back muscles and your deep core muscles. So your your transverses abdominis and your obliques right? Hip flexors and back muscles, more specifically the multifidi. Um, I think in the sports realm and the sports performance, core is that, and then you add the hips, glutes, hip flexors. So that's essentially the core, the base, the foundation of your body core. All right. Can I, can I, can I, can I throw a little, can I throw a little phrase? Yeah, throw it in and there. If, throw it, if it, in it doesn't there. work, we can edit it. My man, Dave Margetti can ed- take this part out. I have a little phrase that we can say. What's this, your phrase? This is hit. This is this is core. Ready? Ready. Nips to hips. Nips to hips. Yes. Got it. Your core, guys. Nips to hips. No lie. Hashtag accurate. That is exactly what it is. That was straight off the dome. I did not. <laughs> that was not part of my research. I did some research coming into this. This was not the research. But I feel I feel good about that tagline for core because core I feel like is too undefined. No, it is really. It's it's just like, I mean, it's so hard to try to separated. I mean, it's involved with every single thing that we do. So I think it's hard to even isolate core training. I mean, you you work your core the second you pick up a grocery bag from the ground or you know what I'm saying? It's involved in so many things. So you can train it. I think think people think core is your six pack, you know, muscles. And it's definitely not that. That's like the most superficial, you know, layer of your abdominals. Totally dysfunctional, not functional for performance at all. It's more aesthetic, but I think core is just the deep muscles that help stabilize your spine and your hips. Okay. So with that being said, we can kind of start where, wherever you think is the appropriate place to start. I guess either from like why it's important and kind of go in that kind of in that realm and talk about the importance of it and then talk about why how certain things can happen if you know, we kind of like have a dereliction of duty when it comes to like working on those areas or we can go the other way. Like things that you've seen, like the, the common injuries that pop up because of lack of core strength and then talk about how we can improve and get better over time. Whatever way. Which, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, people, whatever. Pe- pe- people, sometimes they, they, they get gravitated to like the, the bad news, right? They say bad news. I, we could talk about bad stuff. All right, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about, let's talk about some, some of the injuries that you've seen that have been predominantly caused by core type issues, core weakness, whatever. Okay. Runners, just because I think that's kind of the main majority where Nailed you know, it. Of, yes, it. of people that we're talking to. <laughs> okay. I think the most common injuries that I see are people or complaints that people come into the clinic. I run, I just ran a marathon, ran a 5k. I'm training for a trail race and my back is hurting me. One is the most common thing. Um, hip flexor strain, second common thing, right? Or, I mean, I'll kind of throw in there the hip injuries, like you have like a glute tendonitis or glute strain, but I think most commonly the whole imbalance of core will lead to some sort of trunk problem, 
specifically the back. I think that's the most common thing. Um, back injuries, they'll feel it like when they're sprinting, oh, my back gets really tight when I'm sprinting too fast. Or I'm going down a hill, my back starts hurting. Or after a run, my back feels really sore. Um, and if you were to, you know, um, slow-mo film a runner who has maybe not the strongest trunk or core, doesn't work on it at all, you'll see, you know, like, their, their trunk will lean to one side when they're stepping on that one leg or they'll have a really excessive hip drop, which will pull on their back or um, over time. Like you might see some people, listen, you're in a marathon, mile 25, and you see someone totally hunched over, like they can't stand up straight. They feel like they're falling forward, right? That's another example of someone who may, who may not necessarily have um, core strength. But I would even push it there. It's not just core strength, but it's, it's core endurance. Like it's, it's different for if I were to test you and you say, and I, and you can show me a good brace and you're able to do the dead bug perfectly, but can you do that for three to four minutes? Then that would be different. Cause I always want to, I always think of it this way. I tell people, I'm like, you doing one minute of a plank, just, it's not going to translate into you running for three hours. Three hour planks. Three hour, yeah. <laughs> No. And by that, I mean, like I've mentioned it before when you're, this is why we always talk about strength training in general. You want to get your legs strong when you guys are working out and doing front planks or farmer's carry or back squats or uh, lunges with rotation, you're working on your core and you're strengthening your hips and your core all in sync DM. So yes, it's important for you to strength train for an hour every day, because that's totally going to translate for you to be able to handle the load for three hours. Strength training an hour a day just for the core. Yes, and I and I know just for your core. I think you have to remember too is you're doing you're doing exercises specific to your core, but what you're doing for a bicep curl, you need core stability, or else you're going to be swaying all over the place. When you're doing a lunge, you need core stability, or else you're going to be twisting all over the place. So everything that you do when your strength training session is going to include some sort of core strengthening in each exercise, regardless. Okay, so we'll talk about exercises that were, are important, but you're saying like basically if you have two feet on the floor or as long as you're not like kind of like all gangled up into a machine, like you're going to be engaging your core if you're doing exercises with your feet on the floor or th- things like that. Right, and I think some people just need more tactile or verbal cueing to engage their abdominals more than other people, um, right? And that's how you might necessarily – might help strengthen your core. Um, but essentially you working out, you're engaging your core. You're doing it all the time. Okay. All right. So there's, so there's kind of like a passive way of engaging it and then more of like an interactive way of engaging it. Right. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So with that in mind, I one one more question though. How come, how come a six pack wouldn't be part? I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have a six pack. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not being defensive here. I'm not like, Hey, what about my six pack Jess? Like, I don't have, but like, I would assume that while it might not be the only part of the core, that like someone who has a six pack would be a sign of someone who has a strong core. No, 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 no. Um, I learned that too. This is late in PT. I did a whole bunch of courses, but the rectus abdominis is just an aesthetic muscle. It does help you flex. So it actually flexes your spine. But other than that, it attaches to your, your rib cage down to your pubis, most superficial layer. So it actually doesn't do anything to stabilize your trunk at all. The muscles that help stabilize are your transversus abdominis, which is your deepest muscle that actually attaches to your rib cage from front all the way to the back down to your spine and then across your whole pelvis. So it's like a corset. 
And then on top of that, you have your, your transversus abdominis that also touch the rib cage from the rib cage across your ribs and meshes across your whole trunk down to your uh, pelvis. So oh. those are the muscles that you want to strengthen. So, um, so think of someone who has a ripped abs six pack, but then they have like the hollowing or what we call like, we call in PT, the best way to describe it is the hills and valleys. So you'll see like a valley next to their abs. Someone who has a strong core will look like a soda can. Like everything from the, the top, the front to back is like, it's, they look like a nice round cylinder. There, you don't have to have this extreme definition. Um, but yes, we work on that. We've, I, there's a lot of studies with tennis players, football players, um, who have deficient transverses abdominis and they are the ones who suffer back injuries. Um, so look, Google it up. I promise you the six pack muscle don't, doesn't mean anything. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Now you mentioned tennis players. Um, I mean, I think of someone who is a tennis player, obviously when they're being active and they're changing direction and they're sprinting mm-hmm. back and forth, Rotation. That's, right. that obviously is different than an endurance runner. With that said, on top of that, like just the impact of hitting the ball is, is very different in terms of like the lateral movement. So are they, you know, so, so with that being said, when someone who's you know typically just running straight ahead, so not even like, an active trail runner, just like a normal traditional road runner. Is it important that we have that cross-sectional strength or is it more just like just kind of straight line movement? No, because when you're, when you're looking at, uh, and I can get really deep into this, but chains and slings. So when you're, when you plant your left leg on the ground, right, your right arm's going to swing back. So you're, you are twisting in, in that sense. And so you need those muscles to help make sure that when you're twisting, you're not side bending or you're extending or you're flexing. And those muscles help your rib cage stay really close to your spine versus explay out, right? If you splay out, you're going to use excessively your back muscles versus just your core. Now, I, I think, um, it's good to remind people every, and everyone runs differently. Some people have, you know, a more aggressive arm swing. Some people don't, don't turn as much. Some people are more flexed, more extended. So I think it's still really valuable, um, in running and super important for helping with running economy, um, and performance, right? Cause if your foundation is weak, then your, your legs won't be able to push off your foundation and your arms will be able to swing really well. So then people will start having neck pain, right? Or you're, you'll notice people's knees diving in or hamstring injuries because, you know, their glute can't activate very well because, you know, their hips are not, or, or their trunk is not stable enough for their hips to push off of their, their body. So yeah, no, it's, it's important. It's importante. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I lived this. I lived this, mm-hmm. man. So my, in the Cape Cod Marathon, so people who've heard this podcast and you've heard this story, it's the second half. They've changed the course now, but the second half used to be rolling. So it was nothing flat in the second half of the race. And nothing huge, no huge hills, but just constant up and down. So I had, I was running a really good race, got to mile like 20, 21-ish. And all of a sudden, for the first time ever, I started developing knee pain. I've never had that before in all the sports I've ever played. So on the outside of my left knee, I was developing knee pain. And I was like, what? Where is like, this what coming heck? from? And then yeah. it's funny, like in the moment, like I couldn't self-diagnose. I had no idea what was going on. I ended up like walk running for like three miles. And like I was not in that point. Like it was like I'm walk running because of the pain. No other reason. Yeah. This was like so demoralizing. Right. So ultimately, I come back, you know, if I finish the marathon to recover, get back into it, get back into training. Like occasionally it's kind of coming back every once in a while. The knee pain is coming back. 
So then I'm doing, um, this was a previous job. So I would basically run before work. So I couldn't run during work in this, this other job I had. So I was doing a hill workout super early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we got the street lights and I'm noticing as I'm like, I, I'm jogging back down the hill after I was sprinting up it, I see my shadow and I could see I'm leaning back going down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, that's not the right form. Like this, this is awful form for jogging down a hill. All of a sudden I lean forward and my knee pain shoop, goes away as crazy. soon as I did it. And That's it was all crazy. based, like, again, part of it was just form, just like, you know, I can just correct that. But part of it, I guarantee you, because I wasn't doing any core stuff, was also just like, just strength in my body to like maintain the proper form in the first place. And that's, I've had that happen. I mean, listen, listen I know what it's like where if you're, you're trying to pick what you need to do at the gym and you're like, um, core sucks, I'm not going to do that. I'll do it never. And so you kind of skip over that stuff. But when I got back into running, I remember having so much low back pain. Um, and that, the only time I would feel it is towards the end of my run. And then I noticed in a picture that someone was taking, I was really arched, like really extended. And I'm like, wow, my abs are so tired and fatigued out that they're just not working. So my, my, it's almost like it look, I look like a little pregnant, like a little pooch. My stomach was super expanded and my back was extended. And I'm like, that's probably not good. Couldn't hold a one-minute plank at all. And I'm like, girl, you know, you're a therapist. You're a therapist. You need to do your stuff. So I make it a point, even when I'm tired, I don't want to do it. I'll go on the app, have my Peloton app, and I'll do like a five-minute core, you know, workout. It's just, it's just one of those things you, ha- you have to do, along with your other 100 things you have to do. Yeah, we've touched on a lot of them on these episodes. Oh my all right, gosh. so you mentioned before that it's not just about core strength, but core endurance. So before mm-hmm. we get into some of the exercise and stuff, do you recommend doing it at the end of, like, at the end of a run or at the end of some sort of workout session? So you're so you're creating that endurance model. Yes, you almost want to work under fatigue, right? Because when you're fatigued, that's when you kind of need your muscles to make sure that they stay, they stay, they help you out in some sense, way, or shape, or form. Um, there's actually a few workouts that um, some track teams I've seen them do, and I've done them myself. When you're doing like mile repeats, and in between each mile repeat, you do a two minute plank. Oh boy! Yeah. Really? Yes. And I'm like, that's your genius. hip flexors must be screaming after that. But that's that's genius because now you're forcing your your body to yeah fatigue out your muscles, but you're gonna feel it. And so you're very hyper aware of like, oh, my core isn't engaged or not. But this is the tricky thing too. When you're running, you shouldn't be tightening your stomach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you just have that natural tension, and so you're trying to build this tension for. Uh, your trunk to be able to support this ground reaction force and stabilize your spine and hips. So, yeah. Okay. Got it. So this is more of, if if you can, more of post-run, more than pre-run, or like, hey, again, some is better than nothing, but you'd rather do this at the end of a run as opposed to like, hey, I'm watching right. Netflix at the end of the night. Now, again, if that's when you have to fit that's it in, right. I'm assuming, hey, th- that's when you should do it. But if you ha- right. if you can choose... If, if you can choose, I definitely recommend, I even tell people, just work out afterwards. You kind of want to train yourself to work under fatigue a little bit, you know, unless you're doing that. This is not necessarily specific to core, but in general strength training, if you're going to do something super, super heavy, definitely on an easy day um, or after a run. But core, you know what? For everyone out here, you do core whenever you can. You just got to do it. There you you go. just got to do it. 
Yeah, good point. Good point. I shouldn't stress that. Yeah. Shouldn't stress the timing too much. Too much. Yeah. Because you're not doing you it. Do it. Some some is better than none, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about hierarchy because you mentioned before it's a lot of exercises that people want to do, and we got a limited amount of time. And I don't want to just assume that you have all the time in the world to do all the exercises in the world, and they're going to be super pumped to do all of them too. As part of this is giving people stuff that not only they can fit into their schedule, but also that they don't view as like this. It's it's huge burden in their life because if you do and your motivation starts to wane, guess what? You're probably not going to do it. So, right, right, So right, let's right. talk about hierarchy of needs. Okay. Start talking about exercises that you would suggest and why and kind of what you're working and why, again, why why working those muscles are, is important. Okay. I'll break it off. I have my little list into three categories. If you haven't done any core at all, you have to just get fundamental strength. And the fundamental strength core exercises are like, your basic planks, side planks. Um, I don't like crunches too much, but I'll throw the crunches in there, crunches and like bridges or something like that. Those would be your fundamental uh, strength exercises. Tell people, what a, tell people what a bridge is. Bridge is where you're laying on your back, your knees are super close to your butt and you lift your, your hips up in the air. Okay. Single leg bridge is what I like more because when you're doing a double, it's a little bit more specific to your pelvis. Single leg bridge, because of the weight of your hip, uh, you have to stabilize that one hip in the air. You're going to engage your abdominals a little bit more, but that's fundamental strength. So those don't do core ever. You need to start there. People who have done or do these things intermittently, then you want to go to the stabilization where you're now, um, challenging your trunk to help stabilize your body because there's some unilateral movement involved, meaning both feet are not necessarily on the ground, right? So that would be like a, a single leg bridge would be involved in that, a single leg squat with a weight in front to help stabilize your trunk. So you want to keep yourself nice and steady. You're going to get your, your trunk and your hip um, muscles and all that stuff. Uh, a single or a high plank. So uh, it's like a push-up position, right? On a BOSU, where it's a little bit of an, an uneven surface. Okay. That would be that. So hands on the BOSU or feet on the BOSU? Hands on the BOSU. Okay. And so what you can do is you can move. You, if you grab the, you have the flat side up, the rounded side on the bottom, and you kind of move your arms to side to side or tilt your wrist. It'll kind of create this unstable uh, surface. And so it forces your uh, abdominals to work a little bit harder if um, people this don't be, have a bosu I mean, i've seen some people do like they like opposite hand touch the shoulder yes yeah, shoulder taps exactly shoulder taps um you can do i'm trying to think there's so many mountain climbers could go in there really slow mountain climbers um this would also kind of uh, involve like the farmer's carry where you're holding a weight on one side and just walking super slow and your goal is to keep your your torso very upright and not lean to the side that the weight is kind of pulling you down so you have to work your transverses abdominis and your obliques um pretty much that sort of stuff uh doing push-ups on a on an exercise bar or swiss ball you have to engage your abdominals to be able to slowly bring yourself down bring yourself up um which helps with arm swing that sort of stuff so that would be like the stabilization exercises. Then the functional strengthening would be a little bit more specific to your sport. Single leg RDLs. You have to use your trunk so that you don't twist. You can't be. You can't be. You can't be throwing around. Sorry. So Russian deadlift. There you go. You're balancing. You're balancing on one leg. Weight on the opposite hand, and you're slowly kind of teetering over. Right. You have to control the twisting in your hip and your back. Um, the payoff press. 
I love the payoff press. Have you heard of the payoff press? I have not. Okay. It sounds so, like sounds like it's like a panini press. I, I wish it was a panini no. press. <laughs> Definitely not as enjoyable as you using a panini press, but it's like an anchored uh, cable or a really strong band. Um, and what you do is you kind of hold the band in front of you. So the tension of the band is pulling you in either the left or right direction. And what you have to do is stabilize the band and you slowly punch the band in front of you. And then you're resisting the band from pulling you inward. So it's like an anti-rotation exercise. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've said mountain climbers, a payoff press. Yeah. So, so that would be more functional. And here's when you would start doing like lunges with a, with a twist. So you're stabilizing your trunk. Um, front squats, back squats. There would be the heavy lifting because that naturally engages your abdominals. All right, let's talk about that because we, we on a previous episode talked about the importance of strength training and we didn't get into the core in a lot of that. So mm-hmm. we don't want to completely re- rewrite what we, we said in that in that episode. But what 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 common exercises from a strength training perspective, just general body, and especially lower body that we talked about in the past and that you, you know, oftentimes talk to your clients about um, not only work. Again, maybe like the, the leg, you know, different parts of the legs, but also engage the core in a meaningful way, not just some sort of tertiary way. Honestly, I think all the heavy lifting, you have to engage your core. You have to create really good intra-abdominal pressure, right? Imagine doing a front squat, you're having a weak core, you're going to blow your back out. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not what I'm looking for. Right, exactly. So your front, like barbell front squats and back squats, you traditionally think, oh, that's really a leg exercise. I'm like, that's a, that's a back, that's a, that's a core exercise that also involves a core. Um, anything, if you're going to do a lower body exercise, lunges, squats, but you have weight in your arms, it's a, it becomes a partial core exercise. Push-ups are a core exercise. Um, let me, let me throw something else at you. Cause we had, uh, Tommy runs on that podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about his foray into yoga. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that for him, not only did he really appreciate the mental side of it and the relaxation and and kind of just the, the overall um, mental well-being that it provided, but also he did like some of the strength part that came out of it. Oh, um, my God. Yoga is so – yes. It's core, really core-based as well. Like you – Yoga is slow, methodical, and you have to hold poses and you slowly go into poses. Like even a chaturanga, a downward dog, right? You want a chaturanga and then you have to push yourself up into a downward dog. I mean, that's all core and upper body. Then you have to hold a plank, a high plank, a low plank, the transitions, the warrior poses, right? They want you to be nice and stable. Well, you have to kind of engage your abdominals so that you're not teetering all over the place. Single leg balance. You would think it's nothing much but ankle. Yes, you're working your ankle and your hip and your knee, but you're also working on your core to help keep your torso nice and straight. So I think yoga, Pilates, all those other things are such a great avenue for someone to work on their trunk muscles without necessarily feeling or being so hyper-focused that you're just working on your core muscles. All right. So if there's people out there who are considering doing yoga or Pilates, and Pilates, was, Pilates seems like it was kind of faddish. You don't see a lot of people talking about Pilates as much anymore. I know. What happened to maybe, that? Maybe Pure Bar. Did Pure Bar take over that, that uh, corner? Pure Bar. Um, we have Pure Bar. Yeah, that's true. I never – yeah. But um, you mentioned it. But it seems like if people who are inter- potentially interested in doing that, that, that this is a another positive 
side effect of that decision. Was all of a sudden, all right, you're going to be getting your core done if you do this. Listen, runners, I, we always say you need a strength train. You need a strength train, stretch, and do core workout. Well, with yoga, you're definitely going to get your mobility, your active mobility, passive mobility, and you're going to get a lot of core strengthening, upper body strengthening, just with the the long holds and isometrics. So, yeah, Tommy, Tommy knows what's up. Everyone needs to listen to Tommy. I like that. I like that. Um, I'd also tell Tommy a six pack is superfluous. Like, no, I know. Six pack doesn't I, matter. It's so funny because I see patients all the time, and the look on their face when they're like, "My back hurts," but I, you know, and I tell them, well, "Your abdominals are not very strong." So, if you want to test yourself, let's do and all right. See yes, how strong, let's do this. Let's talk about this. All right. Okay, this is how I. So everyone needs to look up. Saruman levels. Uh, Shirley Saruman is a big uh, movement specialist therapist. Um, she's the one that came up with this and I'm trying to objectively test someone's core strength or stability. Um, the best way. So everyone think of leg lifts. Yes. You're on your back, hands to your side and you're lifting your legs and bringing them down. Okay. In P- the PT world, the Saruman level, that is the hardest level. The hardest level. You that is a five out of five. Meaning, if you can keep your back super flat on the ground as you bring your legs down, you have pretty good core strength. The set the second your art your back comes off of the ground or you arch, it's a fail. Okay, so the first level or level one, if you can pass it, everyone lay on your back. You're gonna bring your legs into a, a tabletop position so they're bent, like if you're in a chair. And you tap one heel on the ground, bring it back up, and tap the other heel and bring it back up. If your back arches, you failed the first level. But why? This, I've, I've, I know my back arches. Now I'm mm-hmm. getting defensive. Why, why is that a fail? What's happening? Well, you might not. So this is the thing, though. You might not actually fail. Um, maybe you just need a little bit I've more cueing on how to I've had a PT tell me properly... you're doing it wrong. I, I, I'm, oh not, <laughs> I'm not self-judging. I've, I've, been, yeah. I've had PTs be like, no, no, no. So usually when that happens, when your back comes off the ground, it's because your rib cage is expanding. And so bracing uh, is really based on like, since everything attaches to your rib cage and your pelvis, your rib cage expands, which means your, your abdominals are not tacking your rib cage down to your, to your trunk. So if your rib cage flares, you're naturally going to arch your back. And so the idea is if you have good trunk strength and control, you will be able to tuck your, your, keep your rib cage nice and flat, which naturally engages the abdominals. And so when you bring your leg down, the weight of your leg is not going to dominate and your hip flexors won't turn on and your abdominals will be able to stabilize your trunk. I see. All right. Well, I think my grandfather was a blowfish. I think that's, I think that's the <laughs> reason. Um, it's either that or I have some really weak core. I'm going to go with the former. Uh, Maybe. But it and, might be and- the latter. And I will say this, people who tend to have what we call barrel chests, right, really big rib cages or wide rib cages tend to have a harder time engaging their abdominals anyways, just because there is a late, what we call a length ten- tension discrepancy. Your, your abdominals are too stretched out for them to effectively control this contraction, or it's just harder for them to control a contraction. So yeah, you might, if you're, we say uh, in PT, we look at people's rib angle, so if your rib angle, like right where your sternum is, is wider than 90 degrees, then you have a, a wide rib cage, which is means you're going to have a lot more of a, you're going to have a hard time engaging your abdominals optimally. My, my wife has seen me do crunches in the TV room. I don't do it anymore because I get yelled at every time. But it's funny because she'll be like, you're arching your back. You're arching your back. You're arching your back. And yeah. I'm like, every time I'm like, I can't help it. I can't help and it. But, I, and but it, sounds, so but it sounds like yeah. I just need to figure out how to like. In, yeah. 
how, Almost so, like touch. So, so, so tell me, tell me, Jasmina. Mm-hmm. I can't be the only one listening no. or on this podcast who's had this issue. How do I engage? How do I pass level one where I'm not failing so early and then I can keep my lower back engaged in a way that will allow me to do this properly? So I, in order to teach patients, sometimes we'll, we'll do the cheating way, what we call reflexive bracing. So like, you know, when people like to lift their head up and they feel their abdominals a lot better, that's reflexive. You're forcing yes. all, you're forcing your neck muscles to kind of force your, abdo- your rectus abdominis to keep your back down, right? right it's like the start of a um, crunch. Yep. Or if you have your hands out on the ground, you really push your hands down into the ground and engages your lats which will help engage your abdominals a little bit more. So all these other muscles, if you engage more muscles, it'll help you, it'll help your abdominals do less work. And thus these other muscles help control your, your trunk. So you could do that to help. Okay. And that might be a good gateway for you to develop enough strength that eventually you don't need to use all these other body parts or other muscles to help you engage your abdominals. All right. I think, feeling, need, I think we I'm need to do a, a live silly. video. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a little silly. I was, it was a couple of years ago. I was working with a, um, a strength coach slash mm-hmm. PT. And he was like, I was like, I went with him, went to him to try to get stronger for running. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we're going to do these exercises. And, you know, I, I didn't care about like, all right, how much am I going to bench or anything like that? I'm like, yeah, we, yeah, do yeah. Like, we can do very, very s- small, little weight exercises. I'm not yeah. self-conscious about this at all. We spent a month just doing like breathing and like me trying to like align my lower back on the ground while doing like a do leg have, bridge. And you, I remember the time you, being like, I don't like this at all. I don't want to be doing this for an, an hour. You and also, like, you, for you, it, there's a lot of components. I wonder if your hip flexors are stiff or whatever, but you might just have to need to be in a position where your knees are so much closer to your chest to help that tension relationship. So the best core exercises for you are in a position where your knees are closer to your chest. Well, it's funny because like at the time I was like, I can't keep doing this because I'm, I'm driving half an hour to get here. I'm spending an hour and driving oh, an hour, half an hour home. I was like, That's so I'm spending lot. two hours and I feel like I still need to go do some strength stuff. Cause all I did was breathe and do like, oh, it's a lot. Yeah. And stomach like contractions in a way that was like, how get your lower back on the ground while we're doing this. It was so funny. Cause like at the time I was like, I was getting really judgmental about it, but now I'm sitting here like, I really should have stuck that out. I think you really would do well with DNS work, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization work. Um, so this is going to sound funny. You look at primitive baby positions and you strengthen the core in those positions. So you, I think you might do really well with like laying on your back, I'll think of a dead bug position, the starting position. Yeah. Where you're on your back with your knees up. Yeah. Knees and you up, work on. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But then you try rolling side to side. And all you can do is you can't move your head and you can't use your legs. You have to use your abdominals. I'm, I've done it and I still do rolling. Okay. This sounds crazy, but everyone look it up. Dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. I work on rolling, which is maybe the first part of, um, I forgot that move. But anyways, and my the next day, I am so sore in my whole stomach. It's crazy. Hmm. You need to look into that. I think you would do really well with that. DNS. For abdominal okay. strength thing. All right. We'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Absolutely. Yeah, All look right. into I'll, I'll send you a link. Don't worry. Dr. Jess, <laughs> anything else before we get going? No. I think uh, if you want to succeed and do, I think if you want to run for a long time, I know I've said it with everything else. You just have to really invest into your your body to help your performance. So, you know, after this podcast, if you have time today, think about Matt. 
And uh, you're going to be like, you know what? Spend your day better than that, people. (laughs) Matt (laughs) gave me a great, you know what? Matt said some good points today. I'm going to go stretch and do some core workouts. And there you go. I think the only good point I made was my little, my little, my little tagline for core. I think we finally (laughs) figured it out. Nips to hips. Nips to hips. It's going to be a a popular hashtag on Instagram. All right. So we don't have any, we don't have any rambling runner merch. That might be the first thing. That might be the first, first, first merch that we have here on the podcast. (laughs) You You need to make merch. You need to make merch. There you go. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.